using your ASMR voice. It's us. <laughs> Hannah and Jesse. <laughs> Can you imagine if we did like an ASMR episode? I would be trying not to piss my pants the entire Oh time. my god. I would be so bad at it. I'd be like, hi. <laughs> I don't know how you wheeze quietly. <laughs> Hey y'all, welcome to A for Excellence, your one-stop shop for everything fashionably Canadian. We're so glad you're here. Come hang. (laughs) Well, this isn't an ASMR ASMR podcast. Okay, finished Castlevania. (laughs) I was going to watch it last night, but then... I was tired, so I was So it's totally done now. Yeah. Because this was like the last season last that they're season. doing of this. They're going to do a spinoff of it. Oh, okay. But this was the last season of this, so far as we know. I'm so happy. I will say they killed off one of my favorite characters. Which is just fucking rude. But it was a good death. It's how I would have wanted her to go out. I want to rewatch the whole thing now that I can just like binge it straight through. Yeah, I am kind of happy that I'm not gonna that I'm gonna start with it all done. Well, and like Theo James is in it, which was like great. His, his character is one of my favorites. So amazing, amazing. I love Hector. Hector. If Hector was a person, I'd date Hector. Like I didn't think that that Looking was my for vibe. my Hector. <laughs> I didn't think that was a vibe, but like he's a vibe, so he's a he's a warlock. Well, that's a plus in my book any day. Um, he's like got like white silvery hair. Ooh, um, really cute. Um, completely devious, but he like reanimates animals and has like dead Ooh. dog pets that have Love like it. chunks of them missing. Whatever burned his parents alive. Like <laughs> that's sexy. <laughs> Very. I attractive. like your red flags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll take all of those, please and thank you. Welcome back to the A for Excellence podcast. This week we are continuing our city profiling. And this week we're talking about Paris. So the first time I went to Paris was with my family and I hated it. Pure, I, unadulterated I hatred. I actually hated it. It had nothing to do with the city. It had everything to do with the situation. I hated that entire part of my trip. Yeah. Um, but I have found an appreciation for it as an adult. I feel like Paris is that kind of city, though, where it's like you either love it or you hate it. I like some people you talk to, they're like, it was the best. It's so amazing. I loved it so much. And then you talk to other people and they're like, I hated it. it. I had the worst time there. It was the worst part of my trip. I will say, though, I prefer to be outside of Paris. Mm-hmm. Other parts of France are nicer. Yeah. I mean... I'll leave it with that. <laughs> we'll leave it with that. Um, so the first time I went to Paris was the same time, the same first time that I went to London. I enjoyed it. A lot. And like today in Calgary, it was hotter than a witch's titty the whole time we were there. True that. <laughs> it was sweltering, which hot Paris is... Oh, so you think hot Paris is bad? You've never been in Rome. No, I in haven't. In July. And I... You don't want to. <laughs> I think I want to go in the winter. <laughs> I mean, it's just like... I mean, 
it goes without saying that anytime you go to Europe in the summer, the entire place is just full up of tourists. Yeah. So. It's, um, we were lucky because when we were there, it was like right before tourist season. So we kind of missed the bulk of mm-hmm. busy season, which thank God. <laughs> so similar to we're going to do a similar format to our London series. Places to shop, places to eat, museums to go to, and the like. Things to see, tips and tricks that we learned when we were there. So we'll start with places to shop. Yes. As we did last time. Um, I will preface this by saying I'm not a big fan of generic shopping in Paris. For example... One of the things that a lot of guidebooks tell you to do, websites, whatever, in terms of shopping, is to go to the Champs Elysees. Mm-hmm. And I have it here, in case you feel like going. <laughs> yep, I wouldn't. Just because, if you are looking to buy high end, the Champs Elysees does not have the selection you want. The Champs Elysees is a tourist trap. Oh, absolutely. So, for example. Why would you go to, you know, the Hermes on the Champs-Élysées when you could go five blocks over to Rue Avin and they've got their, like, main Hermes headquarters, which you've got better selection at anyways. Like, what's the point? Same with Chanel. Chanel on uh, Rue des Cambons, they, like, that's, like, the main headquarters of Chanel. It's always dead. You go to, I, I'm scared to say <laughs> So long as you don't say Champs-Élysées, you're fine. <laughs> the, the Champs. Champs. Say it for me. Champs-Élysées. Champs-Élysées. You go there purely for the attraction, like the tourist attraction. Like yeah. you're not going there if you really want to shop. No. Because it's really very touristy. It's very touristy and it's just packed. It's constantly. very busy. Not worth it. And I did think going to the Sephora there was worth it. There's a lot of other places, a lot of other places to go that aren't nearly as touristy and you won't get stuck in like, like you pay tourist prices. Yes. That's a- so if you go other places, the same stores are often less. Yeah. Yeah. Or like if you're looking for tourist um, souvenirs. Tchotchkes. Yeah. Then... A lot of the time, they're, like, overpriced there when you can get the same thing at, like, a corner store for, like, two euro instead of ten. Yeah. So, buyer beware. Mind the markup. When I go to Paris, I don't like to shop at generic places. I also don't like to stay generic places. Regardless of where I am, I like to stay somewhere that's in the community and not in, like, a touristy area. Yeah. I mean, Hannah knows, like, when we went to London, we stayed in a neighborhood. Yeah. So, like, looking for boutique hotels is kind of the way to go. Yeah. Or, like, B&Bs, things like yeah. that. I, um, I stayed in an Airbnb, and it was awesome. Yeah. VRBO was great. Yeah. In European cities. So it's just stay wherever you can get mm-hmm. a good price and that's like safe and yeah good location for you but you know a lot of the time when you go to those boutique hotels or like airbnbs and 
VRBOs. But the nice thing about that is that you're in neighborhoods that you might not necessarily go to when you're at like a tourist hotel and then you get access to boutiques and small shops and you really get to experience like Paris Parisian fashion at its finest because you really don't get that when you're in the tourist areas because the like if you're in the tourist areas then the buyers are going to be putting out stuff that they think tourists want yeah not actual Parisian people yeah so that makes sense um something that's similar in Paris to places like London is that you'll find you know similar to M&S there's like grocery stores that are also simultaneously like department stores those are great for shopping in but if you're in like a you know strict a neighborhood where it's mostly locals lots of tourists don't go there You'll find independently owned stores and shops that are just, like, fantastic. No one will speak a lick of English in there, but hey, that's part of the fun. Like, yeah, 100% part of the fun. So for me, though, going different places in Europe, I'm not a big fan, specifically in Paris, of buying things new. Mm. Paris is the best place to shop in museums. Yes, they have amazing curated gift shops the best place to shop in museums um but also paris is probably the best place in europe i would argue to shop vintage which it, it makes sense yeah. really because the stuff that people would have vintage there is the stuff that people are looking for yeah and it's like really really good prices for yeah. vintage so for me my favorite market in mm-hmm. paris is uh port de Clancourt, which is a flea market mm. except it's the biggest flea market in paris is this the one that's the oldest flea market in the world yep and it's just stalls and stalls and stalls and stalls and it's like I know that, like, the actual market Platz is, like, as I use the German word for it, um, it's, like, I think something's ridiculous, like, 50 rows long. Good lord. And it's, it's, it's massive. So you could spend a full day here. So there's different areas of it. So I really like, uh, Marche Paul Bersopet, um, which is, like, the one section of it. And then I also really like uh, Marche Menaison, which is um, Market Saint-Ouen. Um, so there's two places there that I'm obsessed with. So Anelia Vintage and Bijou Vintage. Mm-hmm. Super great places. I know someone who found a uh, Lady Dior bag there for Ugh. 600 euros from I the 70s. Would die. Really great stuff. I like opulence, luxury, and vintage on uh, Rue Rameau, um, which is a designer boutique. Their Instagram gives me life. Really, really great selection. Ragtime is on the left bank in Paris, and Ragtime specializes in couture pieces. Ooh. So these are pieces that someone bought off of the runway and then eventually consigned out of their estate sales when they've passed away. 
Um, the woman who owns it has been working in this field since the 60s. It's she's so cool. crazy cool. And I mean, she's got like lifetime Dior from the 40s. So lifetime referring to when Christian Dior was still alive. So it's things that he touched, things that he designed. So she's Ugh. got Christian Dior from the 40s and 50s. She has Balmain. When it was Lifetime, Balenciaga, all of that. Um, I also like Odetta in Le Marais. So this is also vintage. I will say Le Marais, vintage prices uh, because it's a ritzy area. Yeah. Le Marais is a very ritzy area. Um, For example, Odetta carries runway samples. Ooh. So things that never made it to mass market, things like that. So very... Very bougie. Very bougie, but the bougiest. So I've never actually been in it, but I've walked by it. And it took me hours to figure out where it was because I couldn't place the memory. There is a couture collector named Didier Ludo. And Didier Ludo is also the name of the shop. He's crazy. So the boutique is in Palais Royal. Mm-hmm. And most of the time to get in, you need an appointment. He, which tells you everything you need to know. He is considered to be one of Europe's foremost collectors of couture fashion. He's been doing it since the 70s. And people will go in and buy pieces from him to wear on red carpet. So if you see something that's like, you know... Like a vintage. For example, Natalie Portman wearing vintage Dior. It's likely come from Didier Ludo or the house itself. But sometimes Didier Ludo rents to the house because he owns things that they don't have anymore. That's so... That's sick. And he's such a character. He is a character. Fun. So those are the places I like to shop, but I prefer vintage. And then again, like museum shops in Paris are beyond. Yeah. Absolutely beyond. Um, so I did write down, I believe I went in here, um, was the Galleries Lafayette, mm-hmm. which is, I think it's like kind of a department store almost. And Ish. then it's like not, but it's, I don't know what. It's like a, Galerie de Lafayette is like a conglomerate. So it's all within the same building, but it's boutiques within the same. Like, I think of like a Harrods model where like there's different levels and then there's like the set yeah. individual boutiques. It's like that. They've yeah. got some gallery areas that are like similar. Like they have, I, I believe their makeup the area com- is the comparable is Harrods. Comparable. So it's like it is could sort of be classed as a department store. Um and then what was the other one I wrote down? I wrote down Rue de Comme Rue de Commerce, but I'm not sure why. I think there's just lots of good shops there. Um the thing I would say that when I was in Paris, I didn't do any shopping at all. Like it was purely souvenirs and like little trinkets um just because that was the kind of traveling I was doing and we I like didn't have room to shop uh but one of the things I really love to do 
was just like walk past the storefronts and take pictures of the storefronts with all the different outfits and stuff and I like put them in my Pinterest board for like Paris Paris um outfit inspiration um because I do actually like I really enjoy Parisian style yeah so it's like even if you can't if you're in Paris and you can't afford to do any shopping or like you can't afford to do very much you can still get a lot of inspiration and ideas for what to look for when you're back home. Yeah. Um, Because, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's expensive. Just like London. Um, I mean, maybe a bit cheaper than London. But not really. Paris prices are way higher. It's very expensive. Um, If you leave Paris. Yes. And, like, I think the things to look for are boutiques that are locally owned, they're French brands, um, the, like, small brands, they do a lot of really cool stuff. Um, and not just fashion, but also, like, skincare, makeup, like, those are the, the, like... I will say creation. Uh, if you are someone like me who is veggie or you don't buy things that are tested on animals, Paris, not Paris, France is one of two countries in the world, France and China, which mandate by law that animal testing has to be done on any cosmetics pharmaceuticals anything like that hair care whatever so if you're someone like me who is cruelty free do not expect to buy any sort of makeup hair care anything like that in france yeah that's a really good thing to be aware of if you are looking to buy that kind of product in because even in sephora they won't have their cruelty free stuff you it it's Paris, so like there's fashion everywhere. You can find amazing boutiques wherever you go. Just like food. <laughs> yes. So again, being a veggie person, I have picked out all veggie things to tell you about. Uh, I will preface this by saying it was very difficult for me when I was in Paris with my family because there aren't at the time I went the first time, so 2010. A lot of options did not exist. And so that caused some friction. But now, beautiful things exist. So, for example, two higher-end places. So, the uh, Protégé de Charlotte um, is all vegan, and that's like a high-end, nice restaurant. The Protégé du Marais, which is in Marais, which is like a ritzy area, is traditional French fare, just done vegan style. So you can get, like, French onion soup that's vegan. Which is very cool. Which is very exciting. The one that I have heard the most about, but I haven't been to that I want to go to so bad, is Abattoir Végétal, which is an all-vegan restaurant that they built in an old butcher shop, <laughs> which that brings funny. me so much joy. Um, and then, like, the highlight for me is that um, the Shangri-La Paris 
has a vegan afternoon tea. Oh, that's cool. It's expensive as fuck, but worth, worth it, it. <laughs> because vegan afternoon tea is not something that exists in a lot of places. So yeah, it's you have to look for it. Go forth. Be free. Again, when I was there, I was eating very cheap. <laughs> so um, a lot of the time it was just us going to our like corner boulangerie, getting our loaf of bread going to the corner store getting our block of cheese (laughs) park park um and that's the beautiful thing about paris is like if you want to save some money i mean obviously eating at the restaurants is amazing because it's paris the food's amazing it's an experience but if you wanted to do it on the cheap side um it's super easy to find boulangeries pretty much on every street and then they have like little micro grocery stores everywhere and you can just pop in you get your loaf of french bread you get your croissant or your pan au chocolat and get your loaf of bread or i said loaf of bread your block of cheese and run your with bottle it. of wine and go and then you can take it back to your apartment or back to the park wherever you like to be um it is nice because you can have alcohol at the parks and that's cool with them (laughs) Um, unlike here the other thing that is very exciting about paris is the baking the patisseries obviously go to lottery because it's fucking awesome I mean, it is a chain, so... There's lotteries everywhere. Yeah. Take take that what you will. Um, and if you want macarons, like, there's a bajillion different patisseries that you can go to. You will find cheaper. You will find cheaper and potentially better. Um, the other thing is the crepes... By the Eiffel Tower. They are very good, but they are very overpriced. Ah, I have a solution to that. Bring your own crepe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you go to Du Pantheon mm-hmm. um, and you leave out of the side entrance, there is a creperie right there. It's got big yellow awnings and it is fantastic bloody fantastic you can like have ideas of where to go but like it's very easy to find good food and good fashion so next thing i have on my list is museums now i will say i'm a museum snob yes because of my education so I have favorites that I've been to, and I have one on here that I haven't been to, but my parents have been to that I would like to go to. Mm -hmm. So obviously the first thing that people are going to tell you to do when you go to Paris is go to the Louvre. Um, Buyer beware, because the Louvre is so large, you could be there for a week and not see everything. Don't pay for the tours. Not worth it. And controversial opinion skip the mona lisa so first things first the mona lisa is basically an eight by ten it's 
tiny. It's very small. It's about the same size as your average piece of printer paper. And it is behind several layers of glass. And it's also behind guardrails with security there. On top of that, there is always a massive crowd. You can barely get into that room. It's not worth it. And the funny thing is that there are other paintings in that room that I actually enjoyed yeah. a lot more that you can literally like be nose to nose with. Yeah. And like looking at the detail and the intricacies of it. And nobody's even paying attention to them because the Mona Lisa's right there. Also, Leonardo da Vinci would be horrified to find out that we think that that is his most impressive work. He would not be impressed. So the Louvre is interesting for other reasons. For example, the first thing that's interesting about it is the historical value of the building. The building is actually built off of what used to be a royal palace. Yeah. So you can actually go tour as part of being in the Louvre um, a like portions of the palace that are maintained to what they were worth going into. Uh, their classical holdings are astounding. So their classical Greek and Roman sculpture is fantastic. Again, museum shop. Hit up that museum shop. The Louvre museum shop is fantastic. The one thing I will say that put London over Paris for me is that museums in the UK are free. Um, the next thing on my list is Les Invalides. So Les Invalides used to be the, I mean, it was their original École de Militaire. Um, the École de Militaire is now a separate building, but Les Invalides used to be considered a part of it. But the buildings have been changed because that is where Napoleon's sarcophagus is and the sarcophagi of his brothers. Um, most important French military figures are interred there. Um, although I will say for most of them, it's their heart and their bodies are buried elsewhere. It's worth going though, because obviously Napoleon is there. They have his horse there, taxidermied, which I just think is like the funny, it looks like it's seen better days, but that's because it's literally like 200 years old because it has seen better days. It has seen better days. Um, but yeah, it catalogs French military history from the dawn of France as a country and not separate principalities. Which is very interesting if you have any interest in military history. Or if you have interest in uh, the French Revolutionary War mm -hmm. um, after the deposition of Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette, um, it catalogs a lot of that. The other thing that people won't tell you to do because they don't really know where it is. The holdings where they kept Marie Antoinette when she was brought to Paris from Versailles to be beheaded, you can actually go tour her dungeon. That's cool. And everything, you can see where uh, they have the guillotine that they killed Robespierre with mm. um, all in the same space. It's fantastic. Would highly recommend. I have the Musée d'Orsay on here just because... Uh, those are my favorite painters. So they have Van Gogh, Cézanne, Monet, Renoir. Totally, totally worth it. That's where they have the entire museum. That is uh, Monet's Lilies. Yes. Which is one of my favorite paintings. Which is paintings. super cool. I like Musée de l'Angerie. Um, it's impressionist and post-impressionist artists. Um, 
really interesting. They do a lot of really interesting uh, traveling exhibits, which is worth it just because they don't show all of their collections. They have one of the largest art collections in Paris outside of the Louvre. And so they actually do not have the facilities or the space to show all of it in one go. So anytime they bring something out of their back catalog um, as an exhibition, it is worth going to see. And then the museum that I didn't get to go to, that my parents went to, um, and I'm jealous about, is they went to the Rodin Museum. So Rodin was a sculptor, and the museum is built in his house. It's very cool. Um, so you can go see the Kiss, La, Qu- La Cathedrale, and my, my personal favorite, the Gates of Hell. For those of you who have no idea what the Rodin Museum is, a couple of years ago, there was a video online of someone falling through a glass ceiling in Paris. That was at the Rodin Museum. Someone fell through the ceiling and narrowly missed taking out a sculpture. Good lord. It was a worker. Stepped in the wrong spot and the glass cracked. Oh my god. And he fell like 15 feet through the ceiling. That's so scary. The only other thing, Versailles is not in Paris proper. It's very close. It's worth the day trip. And it is worth the day trip. It's nicer than Paris. Again... (laughs) It is in the summer is very hot, so be prepared for that. Bring your walking shoes. It's just like massive and opulent and wild. So definitely hit up that. Um, and then as far as some churches, um, obviously don't bother going to uh, what's it called? The one that burnt down. Oh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. They are fixing it, but. I wouldn't go anytime soon. I don't even think you can go in right now. No, and the the nicer church right now will be the Pantheon. Um, yes. And the other one I really enjoyed was Sacré-Cœur. Even if you don't want to go into the church itself, which I would say is worth it, uh, it is an amazing view of the city. It is a big walk up. There's a lot of stairs. So just be prepared for that and aware if you have any mobility issues. I will say it is worth going to every single church in yeah. in Paris. Um, I, I am biased, though, because an ancestor of mine built Saint-Étienne-du-Mont. So the cathedral that's near the Pantheon mm-hmm. um, was built by someone on my mom's side of the family. So I'm biased but it's worth going to every single cathedral also graveyards in paris Ooh, go to every single graveyard in paris that is open i mean like jim morrison is buried in paris victor hugo is buried in paris karl marx yes is buried in paris uh people go and pay to see his grave which he would have fucking which hated. is hilarious um because down with capitalism and all that jazz yeah so um definitely go to graveyards the eiffel tower is very cool you don't have to pay to go up but like go at stand least go look at it. it at least go look at it and if you go for sunset you can have a picnic and then watch the sparkles on the eiffel tower interesting thing about not the eiffel tower but what's near it so if you go behind the eiffel tower so the opposite direction underneath the Eiffel Tower, away from the Seine, there is a building back there which has big high walls and a gate. 
That is l'école du militaire, which is their military college. Mm. If you go to that wall that borders that building, you will see holes in the wall. Those are bullet holes from World War II. Yeah. Um, the other tip that I had about Paris is for the metro. You can get like a week pass and you just have to get a picture. So like in the airport or in the train stations, they have um, little booths to take pictures, like passport style pictures. And then you just go to the, like the, the teller's in the metro and you can buy a pass and then you can use that pass the whole week and it's like prepaid prepaid for and you don't have to like pay any extra um and it will save you a lot of money but the metro is very easy to use it's very user-friendly so like don't be scared to use it because it's very straightforward. Other thing that I have on my list is bookstores in Paris because it wouldn't be me unless I talked about it. Yes. Um, so there's three. So the one that you're going to see all over Instagram is Shakespeare and Company. Great bookstore, worth it. It's an English bookstore. Be aware you are not allowed to take your phone inside. Interesting. So that's why you only ever see pictures of the outside. You will be kicked out if you take your phone in or they see you with your phone out. They only allow a limited amount of people in at one time just because of the fragility of the building, but totally worth going. The other one that I would go to is Le Barry Galliannet, which was the first English bookstore in continental Europe. That is worth going to just for the historical factor. Totally fantastic. Um, and the last one is Violet Co., which is a social justice bookstore. Oh. They only exist to educate the masses on social issues. So they'll have debates, they have speakers, they'll do book talks, but most of their books are around things like racism, homophobia, trans rights, uh, you know, experience of, of people who have been sexually assaulted or raped. So really, really fantastic resource. Would highly recommend going there um, because I think it's one of the only places like that in the world and we should have more of them. Ooh. Paris, Paris, I feel less passionately about probably because of the experiences I've had in Paris. But I mean, lots of people love it. Not always my cup of tea. I am more likely to go outside of Paris. I think there's more value in being outside of Paris, but I feel like everyone has to go once. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those places that it's like, it's worth it to experience. Yeah. It's a cool city. Thanks for joining us today. You can follow us on Instagram at eh4excellence. Please remember to rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you next Tuesday.